uh, reaching and working with kids um, during that week. I know Michelle Ha and her team would love the opportunity to talk with you. You can sign up for that this morning. On the back of that is some information about our mobile food pantry uh, truck. That's actually going to be right here at Springbrook next Saturday. Um, doors open at 7. We have a great opportunity to connect with people in our community. Uh, we'll begin a food distribution. It starts at 10 o'clock. We'll be done with that by 12. Uh, right now we have 10 spots open for uh, people that are interested in helping us to do the food distribution. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do that this morning as well. And then uh, last, there's a brown insert with some uh, connecting opportunities. So we have a baptism class coming up. We have a spiritual gifts uh, class that we'll be hosting uh, about the middle of June, June 12th. And so if you want to know more about either one of those, you can sign up for that this morning. And then uh, last, if, you are, if, you, if the words HTML mean anything to you, or if you are familiar with website uh, design, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you about some things we're looking at for our website. Uh, so you can just uh, fill that insert out or give me a call. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about that. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Today we're continuing our series, uh, Disciple Driven. We're going to be looking at taking it to the streets. We're glad you're with us. This past week I heard this story about how a a little girl was uh, almost abducted uh, by this man on the south side of Chicago. What happened was was a six-year-old boy named Kaylee, and a 10-year-old girl named Marcy were just playing outside their house. And this guy came along, and he got out of the car and was trying to force this 10-year-old girl into his car. And this 6-year-old boy, (laughs) he started to kick this guy. He went after this guy, okay? And while he was kicking him, Marcy was able to get away. He was able to get away, and he saved his friend. Isn't that beautiful, huh? He saved his neighbor from a very, very traumatic experience and possibly even saved their life. Let's take a look at the news, news clip from ABC News 7. Police put out an alert after a man tried to lure a 10-year-old girl into a car on Chicago's southwest side. It happened Thursday night in the 6900 block of South California Avenue in the Chicago Lawn neighborhood. A 6-year-old boy tried to help the girl, and we hear from him tonight. Eyewitness News reporter Michelle Gallardo is live at Area Central Police Headquarters with that story. Michelle. Karen, little Kaylin is just a regular 6-year-old boy who says he knew it was up to him to help his friend not be kidnapped. So tonight, police are warning folks in the Chicago Law neighborhood to be on alert while also reminding parents to not let their kids play outside unattended. Six-year-old Kaylin Woodard knows the rules. He can ride his bike on the sidewalk in front of his house just to the end of the block and back. Last Thursday, he and his next-door neighbor, Marcy, were playing after school. They weren't 20 feet from their front doors when a stranger got out of his car and tried to abduct a 10-year-old girl. He tried to hold her mouth. Kaylin could have run. Instead, he tried to fight the man off his friends. The only way she got away is because uh, I kicked him in the back of the leg. And, and I kicked him in both uh, side of the leg. Marcy's mom said she had just gone to look out the window to check up on her daughter when she saw her running towards the house. She was running with her scooter in her hand. She came in the house and she was panting, you know, real hard, and she was explaining to me the man grabbed her. Edwards ran out of the home to try and find the man, but he'd already driven off. Both families immediately called police to file a report. I am very proud of him, you know. I can't stop talking about it because I'm just in a state of shock. Still, by being him being so young and, 
he did that for a friend. That's amazing. And while Marcy wasn't home today for us to talk to her, her mom expressed gratitude at what this little boy did for her daughter. <laughs> we him a little hero. <laughs> yes, he was very, very. We were blessed that he was there. <laughs> well, Kaylin is my hero. There is no doubt about that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I, I, I want to ask him, were you afraid? What went through your mind? Uh, were you afraid that you might get involved? I don't think that was across his mind at all. He said, hey, my, my friend, my neighbor is in danger here, and I am going to go to protect her. Well, friends, typically our neighbors are not in physical danger. And certainly if we, we saw any type of physical danger, like their house burning, we'd take immediate action. But, of course, they are in spiritual danger. If they don't know Jesus as their Savior, they're headed toward a Christless eternity. And even in this life, they don't know the beauty of walking with Jesus Christ. Just imagine for a moment if, if you were blind and you could no longer see the beauty of this world, the beauty of your children, the beauty of everything that you feast your eyes on as you move through every day. That, that would be very painful, wouldn't it? Well, friends, your neighbors think that their eyes are wide open, but they're, they're closed shut because they can't see the beauty of God. They can't see the beauty of Jesus Christ. Well, friends, we want to introduce them to Jesus. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning as I was researching, preparing for this message, I came across uh, something that we did probably 13 years ago called uh, Lighthouse uh, Evangelism. And you'll see there it says, be a lighthouse in your neighborhood. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, wow, this would be a, a wonderful part of our disciple-driven initiative because we want to reach our Jerusalem and Judea and uh, we want to reach the people in our lives. And, and so I revisited uh, the information that we talked about so many years ago. And, and I am excited uh, to say that uh, over the next two years, we're going to be seeking to reach our neighborhoods for Jesus Christ. And I think it's just going to be a thrilling journey of seeing lives uh, transformed and, and helping us all to grow and feeling more comfortable and uh, developing gospel friendships. What's a gospel friendship? Well, it's a friendship uh, where part of the friendship, your intention is to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ so that their spiritual eyes might uh, be opened. And the reason I'm teaching on it today is because we are in a wonderful season when our Neighbors are outside. <laughs> Six months here, of course, in the Midwest, uh, we don't see our neighbors. And that is typically between November and uh, May. Uh, but May through October is when we see our neighbors more often, and certainly during the summer months. So this is a time to take advantage of building relationships with our neighbors. And I know many of you do a wonderful job. Of this, And you have so much to teach all of us, but we want to learn as a church how we can love our neighbors 
and also share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. So as we go through this message, if you could take out, uh, first of all, your green insert, which is your message notes, and then also take out this yellow insert. Now what we're going to be doing is, as we go through this, as I talked about last time, uh, you uh, are learning this material, not just for yourself, but for someone else. We've got to start thinking as disciple makers. And so on the back of the green insert, you'll see again a series of questions. So after you take careful notes and think through this message, uh, again, I want to encourage you dads to take the lead in your homes sometime during the week. Sit down with the whole family and go through uh, this material. Now, again, you can tag team with your wife as you do that, but you take the initiative to make sure that it happens as a spiritual leader of the house. But I've got a series of questions, so you can look at those questions, and then as you listen, uh, you can gather some answers. So that's important. Then this is an overview of neighborhood uh, lighthouses. All right, the yellow uh, sheet, and uh, I think uh, we have more of these available as well. Uh, that I believe will be at the ministry counter after the service, if you'd like to pick up more uh, for your family. So, uh, let's dig in here and find out how we uh, can be lighthouses in our neighborhoods. We go to Mark 12, 30 and 31, the Great Commandments. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you love you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Now, when Jesus Christ was asked by a man, who's my neighbor? Remember, he told the parable of the Good Samaritan. Anybody really who comes across your path, that God brings across your path, is your neighbor. But of course, uh, more formally, your neighbors are the people that live around you. And so therefore, we want to reach them for Jesus. What's the definition of a neighborhood lighthouse? A lighthouse is a person, family, or two or more people banded together to pray for, to care about, and share Christ with their neighbors. So this can, of course, be focused on a neighborhood where you live, or it can be at work. If there's another Christ follower at work, you can work together with that person to pray for people on your job, to care for people on your job, and to share your faith with people on the job. But you do need two people. Now, you might be a single person that's living on a street where there are no other Christ followers. Well, I would encourage you to find another friend here at Springbrook to team up with, and they can pray for you, and they can encourage you in reaching your neighborhood. But you've got to have somebody who's working with you. And this is just a beautiful way to teach your kids about discipleship, to teach your kids about evangelism, which is the first step in discipleship. It's a wonderful way to teach them from day to day how we love our neighbors, how we engage uh, with our neighbors in many different ways. So how do we do this? Well, there's three key factors you'll see here. The first is to pray for your neighbors. It all starts with prayer. That's where the power comes from. We just follow God. He prepares a way for us. There is a, an argument going on in the church at Corinth. Uh, some people were fans of Paul, Paul, who started the church. They, they thought Paul was the greatest. And others were fans of Apollos, who was establishing the church, who took over after Paul left. 
So Paul wrote a letter uh, to them, and he says in verse 6, First uh, Corinthians 3, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So I started the church, Apollos pastored the church after that, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So what he's saying here is stop arguing, stop playing favorites, because neither of us is that special. God is just using us. And that's the beauty of reaching out to your neighbors, is that it's all about God. And you say, well, I'm not ready to do that, or I don't feel capable in doing that. Well, God will work through you. Recently, we had some people move in next door. And uh, I, one afternoon, wanted to get to know them uh, better, to say hello. And I was alone. And so I said, well, kind of creepy for some guy just to show up. <laughs> and so when I was when I was uh, younger, I had my kids. I, they, they were so cute. And whenever I'd go to the park, I mean, they'd be my little evangelistic tools. It's a way I could start relationships, especially with women uh, who would think it'd be strange if I was just talking to them alone at the park. Uh, <laughs> but I'd always kind of bring the kids into the conversation. That's the way I could just kind of talk about life and if I had the opportunity, I'd share with them about uh, Jesus. Uh, but my kids now are 18 and uh, 21 and 23, so if I brought one of them with me, well, that would be kind of weird, too. Uh, they'd think we're selling something else. Uh, so I decided to take my dog, Opie. Uh, I, I never take my dogs on a walk. Uh, it's not something I do, only when my wife really, really, really wants me to do it, I'll do it. But I said, Opie, you're coming with me, man. And he was freaked out. So he, he knew something was wrong. He said, well, why is he taking me? What's going on? <laughs> so I just kind of kept pulling him. <laughs> and finally, I, I got over to where everybody was at. They had some family over, and I introduced myself. And we had a great conversation. He was a contractor that moved to Houston because of how things dried up here. But they came back for family so we had a fun time uh, talking, and I, I, you know, we were talking about the fact that we lived next to Lincoln Hills Police Station, and I said, yes, God, that was God's humor in putting me there, and I talked about a couple of tickets I've received over the years, uh, and then he told me about a ticket he had received. Now, if I hadn't shared that, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have shared that, and uh, they gave him a ticket even though he was a neighbor. I, that's a, I didn't agree with that, but, uh, and, and, and I just didn't say anything about being a pastor, and finally asked me, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor of this church called Springbrook. Didn't invite him out or anything. You know, it's a slow process, and that was that was about it. You know, Opie really didn't help that much anyway. But <laughs> at least it made me look less threatening, all right? So, so now, what's the next step as I seek to seek to create a gospel relationship uh, with my new neighbors? Well, I need to start praying for them. And you start praying for them on a regular basis that the Holy Spirit would prepare the way, that the Holy Spirit would open their hearts. I don't even know what their church background uh, is. I'll find that out, I'm sure, in future conversations. But uh, I need to pray for them. Uh, prayer with God's power. Pray with God's power, we read here. Uh, begin by writing a list and then praying for a few neighbors, co-workers, or classmates. These can be people you know or people you see. You can pray for people you don't even know. 
You may also choose to ask a Christian friend or your spouse to pray with you. So as you gather together as a family or with whoever that person is who's helping you, you start to pray regularly for these people. Another thing you do is you make a, a simple map. Make a simple map with names of your neighborhood, workplace, or classroom. Pray for these people by name as the Lord leads you. You can also use Google Maps. You want to get the satellite image on your neighborhood or the pictures of the houses, that kind of thing. There's a lot of creative things you can do, especially if you have kids, uh, to show them that we really love and care uh, for our neighbors. Uh, then you want to walk and pray. Do some prayer walking. Uh, it says, then begin to walk and pray your neighborhood, your school, or your workplace. Now, what does it mean to do a prayer walk? Well, it doesn't mean you necessarily walk down the street and kneel in front of your neighbor's house, houses or lay prostrate on their yard. Uh, that would not be a good message. All you want to do is just casually walk down the street and pray for your neighbors. Uh, that's, all, that's all it is. It's like taking a walk. Taking a walk. And pray walking your neighborhood. And uh, uh, if you look, uh, let's go back to, uh, oh, pray regularly. Uh, pray regularly for your neighborhood. Uh, continue to add information such as children's names, interests, needs to your prayer map. A reminder such as an electric candle in your window on a lighthouse on your desk can help you to remember to pray uh, for those the Lord has placed on your heart. So uh, just put different symbols around the house. Uh, to represent and remind you and the rest of the family that you are a lighthouse of prayer. So how do you pray for people, though, you don't know? Well, you use the BLESS acronym here. The BLESS acronym. Body, pray for their health, protection, and strength. Labor, pray that God would bless their work and provide for their income needs. Emotional, pray that God would give them true joy, peace, and comfort. And we go on to the next slide. And we see uh, social, pray that they would have healthy relationships with their spouse, children, and friends, and that God would provide them with true friends. Spiritual, pray for their salvation, that they would come to their faith in Christ and overcome spiritual uh, strongholds. That's a great way to pray for anybody, right? Is that an acronym? Anybody that comes uh, into your mind? So I would really encourage you uh, to think about that. And uh, just, just do some prayer walking or use this particular acron acronym uh, in uh, your prayer life. What you've got to realize is that uh, you're in your neighborhood not because you thought it would be a great neighborhood to live in, not because it was a great price. It's because God puts you in that house. Acts 17.26 speaks to this. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. So God chose your house, even though you didn't think about it when it happened. <laughs> maybe you were praying about it, maybe you weren't, I don't know. But God chose that house, that location, for you to be a witness. Does anybody have difficult neighbors? I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's be honest here. Just, so, you got to have some difficult neighbors out there, okay? Yeah, uh, neighbors can be very challenging. But again, uh, that's a wonderful opportunity to develop character and to ask God to give you a supernatural patience and to love this person who is difficult. So if you hate the location 
where you live. You've got to realize that God puts you there for a reason. And you look around at all the people and they say, well, they have not, want nothing to do with God. Well, again, He's put you there to be a light. And that's all you need to do is to be a light. And there's some, a lot of practical things we'll talk about here and how you can do that. So you've got to pray for your neighbors. The second thing is to care uh, for your lost neighbors. Uh, Mark twelve thirty one. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. To love your neighbor as yourself. That is uh, quite a statement as you think about it. How much do we love ourselves, right? How much do we think about ourselves? How much do we give attention to what we desire in life? Well, that's the same way we should love our neighbor. That can only happen supernaturally. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, if you take out this yellow insert, and if you turn to the inside, you'll see a lot of practical ways that you can show love uh, to your neighbor. Uh, for example, I love this first one, meet new people who just moved in, just put your information on a 3 by 5 card and say if you have any questions about services in the area, uh, anything, feel free to give me a call. Or the third one, take dinner to new parents. Uh, that's a wonderful way uh, to minister to your neighbors. Uh, babysit uh, for your neighbors. Uh, call on whole housebound neighbors and how you can care for them. Uh, take a spaghetti dinner to someone recuperating from surgery. Next page, number two, uh, when you're baking, this is a great one, consider preparing a few extra cupcakes, cookie, pies, or etc. And when you're baking, just make that a rule, that you always bake for some neighbor on your street. And you're seeking to reach for Christ. Uh, and cultivate common activities, like sporting events, things of that nature. You can do this with a sports team as well. If you have another parent who's a Christ follower on a sports team uh, that your kids are on, uh, you can start making that your little neighborhood, uh, one might say. All right. At the end of that page, it says, host a neighborhood barbecue or block party along with one or two other families. Uh, in the area. That's a great thing to do, and we'll be talking more about that uh, in the future. So, those are all ways that we can practically care, and, and people have so many fears about evangelism. Uh, their main fear is that uh, people are going to reject them, that they're going to categorize them as a uh, <laughs> you know, Jesus freak, whatever it might be. Uh, well, again, hey, the, cro the cross is offensive. It's a, it's a barrier uh, for people. Uh, that's just something we have to get by, and if they reject us, they reject us. But typically, people do not reject us if we share Christ uh, in a way that shows love, uh, but also share the truth that people have to face about who Jesus Christ is. Uh, people are also concerned, uh, and they have fears that they won't be able to answer the questions that people ask. Well... That's something, again, you can learn, and we'll be teaching more of that. But at the same time, initially, in this relationship, and really for the majority of a gospel friendship, uh, we're not talking about, uh, or you're not talking about your faith. Uh, again, you want to plant gospel seeds along the way, but the majority of it is just building a loving relationship uh, with this person. And, of course, we all know how uh, to do that. Well, uh, the next thing we need to do is to share uh, with lost people, to share with lost people. 
Matthew 5:14 or 16, that is, as our memory verse for this month. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're to shine our light. You are the light of the world. That's what this is all based upon. So share with lost people. Remember Jesus Christ with the parable of you know, throwing the seed on different types of soil. Well, we need to continue to plant gospel seeds in people's lives and let the Holy Spirit germinate those. Uh, share with lost people. Seek opportunities to share your faith, whether it be based on a current event, uh, maybe you want to give them a Christian book, maybe about a need that they have in their life or of interest to them or refer them to uh, a Christian movie, television program, or web resource, whatever's right for the time whatever they're interested in. Another thing you can do is be an inviter. Take your uh, friend to a Christian retreat or luncheon, a Bible study, or a church outreach or special service. Help them hear the good news of Christ's love for them. Uh, then the next area is share your personal stories. God gives you opportunity. Let the Lord's light in your life shine freely so that He may draw people to Himself. All of us should be ready with a three-minute story of how we came to Christ, what our life was like before we became a Christian, how exactly we became a Christ follower to make it clear to the person who's asking, and then how Christ has changed our life. So you should have that in your mind. So when that opportunity comes up, when somebody comes, comes up and says, what's different about you? Why do you act in this way? That's how you can respond. Or you can have a Matthew party. That's another one. Uh, Matthew party is invite some neighbor couples to a party with another Springbrook uh, couple. So you invite people from your neighborhood over and you invite uh, some friends from Springbrook. And it's just, I mean, you don't have a gospel presentation or anything like that. Have them sit in chairs and have people come forward. No, uh, you just hang out together. And, and, and they realize that, well, Christians aren't that strange as I thought. All right. Uh, so that's another thing you can do. Uh, remember, okay, there's a strategy. Prayer opens the door. Care lets you walk through them. And sharing opens the door to eternity. Now, what I want to do is spend a few minutes with you. And I'd like to hear about uh, neighbors that you're seeking uh, to reach for Christ or maybe things that have happened uh, in the past. Uh, we just want to encourage one another. Your stories of how we're trying to reach uh, our neighbors uh, for Christ. Yes, Bill. Uh, well, recently uh, we've had a uh, pretty cool experience with one of our neighbors. Uh, we've been neighbors with these folks for about 15 years, um, pretty much a non-church family. Um, about 10 years ago we were doing a Bible study and we needed a babysitter for the kids in the basement. And so we asked their teenage daughter to do that. And so she did for several years, and then uh, she had better things to do on Friday night, so her brother took over uh, uh, and that. And then uh, also their uh, uh, little sister was about the same age as our girls, and so we started bringing her to Awana for a few years. And we didn't really have much contact with Dad, but uh, the mom, we would see her quite often with the kids. And uh, um, one day, uh, several years ago, my wife in the driveway, and she felt led to uh, share the gospel with her. And as she's standing there, and she gets all done, and she says, are you ready to accept Jesus? The mom said, I don't know, but the teenage daughter's standing there, and she says, well, I am. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so she, you know, did the prayer, and it was pretty cool. 
Well, just recently, about a month or a month and a half ago, we get out of the blue an instant message, or my wife did on Facebook, that uh, the dad says, I've been reading the Bible, and I have questions. Can I come over? And we're like, you know, doing a little dance. (laughs) (laughs) So he comes over, and, uh, you know, he goes, you know, I don't know what's come over me, but you know, is this all there is to life? And, you know, when I die, is it done? Am I going to heaven? Is there hell? He goes, so I said, you know, so he said, I'm, I started reading the Bible. So I didn't know where to start, so I started at Genesis, and he's in chapter 40, and it's only been a couple of days. And <laughs> so we kind of shared our story, what, you know, what happened with us, and just kind of like what Dan said. And then, uh, um, um, told him what the Old Testament was, New Testament. We, we shared, told him what grace was. And um, he wasn't ready to accept Jesus then. And I don't know, so four or five visits later, in about a week or two weeks, um, you know, we get a text from him, and he had accepted Jesus. So Amen. That was All right. So now, you know, I see this guy, uh, you know, at my back fence now, and he, I, he's such an encouragement. He is so on fire. Um, you know, we were just talking the other day, and uh, we were talking about the books of the Bible he has read, and he's got, he said, well, I've got about 90% of them done. <laughs> like, you've been a believer for a month. <laughs> so it's been a few days, so I'm sure he's got it all under his belt now. And I'm almost expecting in a couple of weeks that he's going to be knocking Dan off the stage. <laughs> so he's already shared the gospel with one of our other neighbors that I'm thinking, why didn't I share the gospel with him? And uh, I saw where he was putting uh, Bible verses on Facebook, and it's just pretty cool. So, but I guess we opened the door when they knew we were believers, and, you know, I guess they didn't think we were too strange, and he felt comfortable enough that he could call us when he had questions. And uh, I'm just so thankful that God let us be part of this. It's really cool. Amen. Wow. (laughs) You see, loving your neighbors is a long-term project, right? Fifteen years. Wow. Wow. But God put Bill and Becky in that neighborhood uh, for Brett and uh, for many others. So uh, thank you, Bill, for sharing. Well, I just have to say that um, it was because of a neighbor that um, I am saved today. Oh, Um, all right. And I have to tell you, don't be afraid to share, and I have to tell myself that too, because now when I look back, this neighbor had the courage to share the gospel. Mm. She was probably afraid of being rejected, and because of her, to this day, that I am eternally grateful to her and that person sitting right next to me. Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that cool? Wow. That is great. <laughs> Good to have you. That's wonderful. Oh. I don't 
think most of you know me because this is only my second time, and last time I didn't know a time, so I came in an hour late. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was so cool because just recently, well, it was two years ago, well, beginning of college for me, that I had a friend, and uh, he didn't really know God. And um, he asked me once, though, about the times for this Christian organization that's on my campus called InterVarsity Christian Fellowships. I gave him a time. He came to one. He didn't really say much. He was saying that he was thinking about trying out churches, and I sort of said, you know, I was trying to be open to him, and then nothing really happened for a year, and then the next year, there was this event through InterVarsity called Winterfest, which is this conference, and they had something for people who were new believers who were exploring God, and they had a discounted price, so I said, okay, I'll invite him, and so I invited him, but then a family thing came up, and he couldn't come, so I thought, oh, no. But they had also another thing through it where you could have sort of a one-on-one Bible study with them and one other person. He could ask questions. He seemed very, very skeptical through these sort of Bible studies. And there was a point where I felt really awkward because my roommate came in and then her boyfriend. It just felt very awkward. And But at the same time, there was another girl who had this Bible study on campus that was actually called Lighthouse, which I think is really interesting that that same thing but um and I wasn't sure whether or not I was getting into it but I knew he kept asking so I figure you know if he's still asking then there's God's got to be doing something and then just at the end of the year he told me by the way I accepted Jesus and it was so (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you anyone else making me work Jennifer. Um, so it was probably around the time that we did the lighthouse this the last time, and, and it's just such a good example, I think, of how Dan said that he, God moves you into your home, and um, yeah, I had some prerequisites that you know I wanted, as we all do with houses, and one of the things that that you know my husband didn't want to pull because he didn't want to take care of it, but I wanted to pull next door, and so we had that at least for a couple years. <laughs> But um, those neighbors we started to get really close with. And um, we started the lighthouse thing. And I was also doing a um, Bible study in Rockford. And it was also the time that Time Magazine came out and they put um, some story about Abraham. That's all I remember. Because I remember seeing, being in her house and seeing the magazine um, cover. And I, we, the study we were doing was Genesis. So I was like, oh, you know, do you know about Abraham and and, and I just, and she's like, no. And then I started talking about it, and we, we'd been studying about, um, again, how you can find the gospel throughout the entire Bible, right? You see Jesus everywhere. And so I was started <laughs> telling her about this, and I see kind of this laser, and I, well, I was like, well, don't you know the salvation story? And she's like, well, well no. And so I was just, I kind of got on a roll then, and quite honestly, I mean, I laid it all out there, <laughs> plus more. I get a little preachy for those of you who know me. That's not a surprise. But um, I was just shocked that somebody had not heard the salvation story. And, of course, again, you know, that was not the moment. But years later, now, those of you who know that I have a a son with special needs, um, I got pregnant. I had a miscarriage. And then she got pregnant. And um, and then I got pregnant again. Well, it turned out she had a son with um, Down syndrome. 
and then Elijah has a chromosomal disorder. And so, but it was through that pregnancy and through the trials that she went that she, um, she said she truly, that was the time she um, accepted the Lord because mm. of what he went through and just the bond then that we also had. Mm. And, you know, we're so grateful for how God put us together. So, wow. and, you know, we've had great opportunities to pray for other neighbors, too, yeah. through illnesses and things. So, but, yeah, it was oh. a good story. Thanks, Jennifer. What exciting stories, huh? Man, that's really thrilling to hear. And friends, that's the journey that we're on, disciple-driven. We want to continue to have a focus on our neighborhoods and really turn up the heat on this particular emphasis because wonderful things happen. And again, we have saw in two examples, they don't happen overnight. Uh, but it's just continuing to pray for our neighbors, continuing to encourage them and love them. And uh, so I, I really encourage you again to take some time this week with your family or with a friend uh, to go over these notes and to talk about how you can become a uh, lighthouse in your neighborhood. In fact, I have a challenge here for you guys. If you look at the green sheet... Uh, First of all, uh, it says we would like to register our home as a lighthouse. So if you're ready to roll and say, yeah, you know, I, I really want to work this and I want to pray that God would use me in my neighborhood, uh, you can do that. And all that means is that we'll be sending out some emails and some opportunities for you to learn more. Uh, or uh, we would like to attend a lighthouse vision meeting next Sunday at 1030 uh, in the youth room. So we'll be talking more about uh, ways that uh, we can be lighthouses. Or finally, I'd be interested in being part of a one-time disciple-driven evangelism interest group. Of course, we're trying to reach our Jerusalem and Judea, and we're trying to think of different ways that we can encourage people in this area of reaching lost people uh, in their lives. So if you have an interest in that, would like to be a part of that, uh, you can check that. Uh, and also, uh, it'd be helpful if you put your name down there I didn't put a place for that, so please put your name and email uh, so we know who's uh, responding uh, to that. We can have our ushers come forward at this time as we celebrate our relationship with God through giving. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these tremendous stories of life change. How encouraging, how inspiring. But they didn't happen overnight, Lord. It took years. And we don't like to wait years, but uh, Lord, help us to have a long view in, in mind. And I pray that a year from now, we'd have so many more stories because of our emphasis on reaching our neighborhoods for Christ. In your son's name, amen. All right, if you look at the screen, talk about what's coming up uh, this month. Next week, we have a very exciting Sunday as we talk about how we desire to be a disciple-making community for our kids. We're going to talk about the important role a church plays in a child's spiritual uh, development, as well as we'll be announcing uh, some things about uh, uh, the new direction in our children's ministry that we talked about during our disciple-driven initiative uh, public time when we were kind of introducing it all. Uh, we've got some more details we want to share uh, with you, so really encourage you to be with us next 
uh, Sunday. Then uh, Father's Day is coming up. On Mother's Day, I said, how to treat a mom. Talked about that. And so now I'm going to flip it and say, okay, how do we treat dads? So, Dad, you can come. It's safe. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to be encouraging uh, your families and others uh, uh, to treat you in the best way possible. Uh, it's going to be a great Father's Day celebration. This is a great opportunity to invite neighbors or other people in your life. Uh, we're just going to have a great time uh, thanking God for our fathers. Then I'm going to return to my uh, Peter series, how to Jesus' disciple Peter, and wrap that up on June 22nd and 29th. Here are some other updates on our disciple-driven vision. Uh, we have hired Beth Menzella as our children's summer assistant. So we're so thankful uh, for that. That was part of our initiative to hire somebody to help out uh, Michelle Howe, and we're just kind of testing that out. Uh, she's given it a test drive, and she's basically going to be doing a lot of administration to free up Beth in order to implement this redesign of our program. So uh, that, I mean, last time it took, I think, six months to find somebody for the one position we were looking for in Heartstrong, and now we've identified right away uh, who the people are that we're adding to our staff in order to carry out our disciple-driven vision. So let's thank the Lord for that, huh? <laughs> and the other person, of course, is our connections coordinator, Laura Schweber, who's doing a great job. Uh, India, uh, Pastor Rich is taking a two-week trip uh, to India in July, a vision trip to find out uh, what's going on over there, and he's the one who's kind of leading the way in that particular initiative, and he'll come back with all kinds of stories and insights that he'll be sharing with us, and we'll be telling you more about that in the future. And then uh, Lawndale, our ministry there in uh, the inner city of Chicago, uh, we're in the midst of planning both youth trips and adult trips, so we'll keep you updated on that. So we thank you so much uh, for your commitment, uh, the disciple-driven, to be committed to pr in prayer, uh, to be fully engaged, and to be generous. Let's close our service in prayer. Lord, it is exciting uh, to talk.